0: Hello, my name is Scott Cameron. This is the Joys of Teaching Literature, talking all things high school English. And if you want to know more about me, you can go to my website, it's theteachersworkshop.com. I uh, offer online professional development for high school English teachers. So at the end of every year, I teach seniors. So it, I mean, I think this is important, though. I, I, did, you know, I did this even when I taught, say, sophomores or freshmen, juniors. Um, sort of wrap up the year with as much fun stuff as I can, especially I, I teach AP literature and composition. They just had their tests. So, uh, I, it's funny cause people always like, oh, teaching teenagers must be so hard. And what do you do with them at the end of the year? They must be so clocked out. And I, early in my career, I had a, a great, uh, boss tell me that, um, you have to do you know simple, simple, simple thing, you know, just get creative. <laughs> and, you know, I took that as do the things that, you know, are meaningful that are, are personally meaningful, uh, that are meaningful as far as the world they, they live in trying to connect everything that we do to the world that they live in. Um, and actually, so at the end of the year, I mean, I love teaching novels and I love teaching poetry and short stories and obviously there for the, for the fiction and for the literature. Um, but also I think it's really exciting when we can start to think about how literature is, um, everywhere around us, uh, by definition, it's not right. By definition, it's the things that that last, the words that that are written so well and and are crafted so meticulously um, that that they last. Um, and so, for whatever reason, they just keep there. Every time we, we we teach them, the book c- comes up with there's some new way that we can relate. You know, take the book and relate it to the world that we live in, uh, and that's the most exciting thing about teaching, right? Because Every, it's the same book every year, so when we can place that book in the context of, of the changing world, um, our relationships, politics, the environment, you know, all these different things that are going on all, all around us. Um, and there's some things that just it's human relationships are human relationships. It doesn't matter how the world changes, as long as the book has something to do with deep feeling and deep thought. Then it, can be, then it fits into the category of literature. Um, but then there's, there's this, the world of words um, and words that have a powerful emotional impact on us. Those are, there's no shortage of that. They're, they're everywhere, they're in tweets, they're in conversations we have when we talk over the dinner table, uh, when we talk to each other through text messages, phone calls, um, when we try to articulate exactly what it is that we, what we want uh, to another person. Um, but, but mostly when you think about our lives, they are mostly defined, the, the, the conversations, I would say like 90% of, of, of our conversations are stories. When we first meet somebody or even, you know, if it's a friend and we're, we're say if it's a friend, say, say, you, say, you see them every single weekend. I got friends that I see every single weekend, same friends. Um, and we can, we just, you know, it's that great, that great expression to catch up, right? And we just tell stories about what happened to us that week. Oh, did you see that in the news? Did you, like our kid did this, you know, uh, you know, all these sort of crazy things that stress us out, things that, uh, are exciting news. Oh, you know, we got this to tell you. Uh, we started this activity, uh, you know, different, different things that are, that are new in our lives. we we're. we're telling those stories all the time um, and then we're also think about this, right? we're telling the stories that happened to us most recently but we're also as we tell those stories we're also going back into our memories and telling the stories of our you know when we were in our 20s or when we were a teenager or, you know when we got our first job or moved to a certain city something like that uh, there's always stories that we're conjuring up from our past to relate to the things that we're saying in the moment so Stories are are just so much a huge huge part of explaining who we are. We don't care, you know. Nobody sits around in conversation with, say, somebody you just met, or or even, you know, an, an old friend, and say, you know, <laughs> philosophically, this is who I am, right? Nobody cares. Um, if you were to sit and just trade trade opinions and trade your point of view and how you see the world, there's a there's a time and a place for that, but really we communicate who we are when we tell stories about what we've been through. Um, and so, and I think what's interesting is that literature, and I'm going to get into this in a second, but literature and writing, it, we, we lose some of our personality and we lose some of our, of who we are a little bit, um, I think, when we write. Because, of, because, it, because it has been so, such an academic process where we have to, like, prove that we're intelligent with large words and complex sentence structures, uh, we take what we are moving slightly away from just who we are in conversation. There's a there's a voice that we use in conversation, and then there's a voice that we use um, when we write. Um, so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. It's called where to oh I'm going to end the. Well, I guess you'd really have to go to my blog to find the links of all the actual because the t- the title of this is where to find real stories on the web. So, if you go to my blog at theteachersworkshop.com, you'll, you'll find the uh, the links to all the different places to find real stories. And so in, the, in my project that I run, it's, it's all year long. I, I stop at different points. Uh, we do interviews, podcasts. I, I kind of make it up as I go. And sometimes I'll just give my students the option of doing whatever they want. Um, but this is just what I call the stories section. This year I'm calling it the Love and Stories Project. Um, so this is just the stories section of the Love and Stories Project. And the objective here is just to listen to p- stories from other people. Um, I give them the option of interviewing somebody, but they can also um, find stories, real stories that people just tell out loud usually, they can read them too um, uh, on the internet. So I'll have those links to those stories. Um, And right now we're finishing up Exit West by Mohsen Hamid. And um, so it's it's sort of magical realism, but focuses the stories on refugees, so a lot of the the links that I have. It's kind of random, really. Why is there a you know, link about refugees? But they do, they have the best stories sometimes. You know, when you have to think about not just a, a story, like this happened to me. And obviously refugees have a lot of different things happen to them. Political things, personal things. Um, and they also have to to, to switch, they have to, to switch worlds um, and understand a whole new world. And so some of the best stories, I think, come from Refugees immigrants people who travel a lot because they're they're constantly reevaluating who they are um, and then so, so oftentimes characters who they might live in the same place all their lives um, the, she, Emma and Jane Austen comes to mind right this book takes place over one year in one town and uh but every character has to to essentially do that where they kind of find themselves in this larger place. Um, so, so yeah. So they have to basically pick, and they pick one. I don't say uh, here you have to you have to watch this one. Or I don't have one that I. Sometimes I'll have one that I play, to start it off. But for the most part, I just want them to find different things. Um, so I give them a choice of, you know, just clicking on all the different links that I provide them, and they can just kind of, you know, see something that strikes them. Um, in order to bring the text to life, I'm talking about Exit West. So in order to bring Exit West to life. Many of the narratives uh, come from, like I said, come from refugees. But I mostly want them to hear how extraordinary stories sound in real life. When someone when someone writes, something happens. Sometimes our academic voice emerges to take over our actual voice. We have the opportunity to think heavily about what we want to communicate, and logically arrange our arguments and evidence so that they can be read and understood with ease. We revise our words and the structure of our sentences. It's a lot less, less spontaneous than thinking or speaking out loud, even if Wordsworth might disagree. We delete the digressions and ditch the colloquialism, colloquialisms. We lose a little bit of what makes us, us. I'm not ragging on writing, of course. Uh, it enables us to deliberately play around with sound devices and more complicated techniques like similes and metaphors. Unlike a first-person narrator in real life, a third-person narrator in fiction can enter the consciousness of anyone in the room. We can arrange the parts of a sentence so that it moves and progresses along with the image it depicts. Sentences and paragraphs can rise and fall, or turn a corner to reveal a surprising twist of events. They convey ideas through language patterns and organization, so there's definitely some advantages, obviously to writing as opposed to speaking a story out loud. But when we listen to someone tell a story, we listen to an honest explanation of what happened. Memory takes over and the words we speak contain the emotion of the experience as we remember it. We laugh and sometimes make random sounds <laughs> that seek to articulate the internal emotion of, uh, emotion of the moment. We unconsciously use our eyes and well, I think I'm thinking of myself here um, but we, we also use our hands uh, to communicate what happened and how we felt <laughs> I my students would always always talk about how my hands fly like everywhere they're just like flying in every direction when I speak they're like oh yeah whatever like you know you don't you don't know it yourself you're doing it um. But when we went online, I got the opportunity to kind of like see myself as, as a kind of a weird experience, right? You're watching yourself teach all the time. It's so weird. Um, but that I, <laughs> I like always laugh at myself because I'm like, oh my God, my hand just went like it, like behind my head. And <laughs> like, where is it going? <laughs> anyway, listening to this storytelling voice, the one in our head or in, or in the words we speak out loud, helps us discover who we are. It's like the difference between reading Shakespeare on a page and watching a performance of one of his plays. We easily understand the spoken words, the performance, and then later can dissect the words on the page. It's interesting because we want, I talk about this with the college essay a lot because this is a personal narrative where they have to tell a story about themselves to get in college, right? Part of what I tell them is you want to you want to listen you want to find the way that you speak and get those words into the the narrative um, because I, I think they so what, because they're trying to get into college it's understandable right you want to write with this academic voice because you want to prove to them that you're a good writer because they you, th- you, th- you know that's and they probably are they want to see that you're a good writer obviously but they want to see you and so so. I think some of the best personal narratives are where it's where that the the where the how we express ourselves in real conversation, um, is it becomes, uh, sort of cohesive or it becomes connected, uh, to to that kind of more academic voice that we use. Um, if we want students to connect to people with different experiences, we can of course assign texts that allow them to enter those imaginary worlds. But we should also give them an authentic, immediate, intimate, and emotional way of connecting to the speaker by simply listening to their voice. It's the same feeling when we tell stories around a fire at night. First person storytelling enables us to encounter everyday stories that are not published on a page or performed for an audience. Because of the internet, anyone from anywhere can tell or record a story. So, yeah, I gave you a list, see if I can just read some of them, like PBS uh, does something called American Portrait, there's Ear Hustle, Invisibilia, PBS does something called Finding Your Roots, which I think is interesting, Humans of New York, a lot of people know that one, Radio Diaries, is a great podcast, Uh, Road Trips Pop Project, This American Life by NPR, This I Believe by NPR, those are shorter, Um, MSF. Uh, refugees from around the world, time undocumented Americans. This is where the Exit West pieces are coming in. The Guardian, first person, um, uh, first days project, and then Oxfam does. How does it feel to be a refugee? So those are you can find those links on my uh, on my blog. Um, you'll find a bunch of different stuff on my website. Uh I I have a bunch of products on uh, teachers pay teachers, my my blog which is it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about the fact that I'm I'm reading my I'm kind of speaking my blog cuz a lot of what I just talked about was that intersection between the written word and the spoken word. So I guess that's a topic obviously that I love um because that's that's kind of what I'm doing here. Um but uh yeah, so you can you can find my my blog and um you can sign up for my uh you know for my emails when i when i update my blog and of course uh, find out about the courses that i offer um i put all my blogs in a book if you want them all in one place you can order the book um so all right everybody thanks for listening